guys, it's Friday morning, it's the None of Your Business podcast, and I just want to appreciate everyone tuning in um, this Friday, Brad Oldhouse, like I said, with Social Flex and Helena, um, you know, we're recording today in the top floor studio in Helena, so, you know, I hope you guys enjoy Brad's message and what he shares to the world. <laughs> now we're going. Right on. All right. Awesome. Sweet. So we're ready to rocking? We are rocking. Look at this. Facebook Live is probably like, what is going on right now? What's up, but, Facebook Live? All right. So this is the None of Your Business podcast. Uh, I'm Robert DeLude. And who are you? My name is Brad Oldhouse. Brad Oldhouse. All right. So what do you do? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a, a videographer in Helena, Montana. You're Okay. So how did you get into that? I fell into it. You fell into You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So uh, let's see. I moved to Helena when I, uh, in 2013, and my first job in town uh, was with the Helena Bighorns hockey team. Okay. And my job was basically to figure out why a building that seats 1,950 people was only getting 200 people per game. Yeah, totally. Um, so... I hated social media. I wanted nothing to do with it. I just had a public relationship on Facebook that went totally wrong. Okay. So I was viscerally hating anything social media, but I knew if there was going to be any kind of growth out of that first year, we had to engage our core fan base who was present on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, for sure. So I just started playing with it. And okay. all I had was an iPhone and... That's actually a setup that was far more advanced than I even had. But oh, really? I started uh, just taking videos of the players, right? Just a little get-to-know-the-players kind of thing, and then putting it out on their Facebook page and uh, Instagram and created a Twitter account for them okay. and everything. So that first year, uh, it, those videos just started doing really, really well. And they weren't highly produced. I literally shot it on my iPhone and edited it in Windows Movie Maker. Okay. Um, but little by little, more and more people were showing up as the content kept getting shared and, mm -hmm. and commented on. So uh, by the end of the year, we broke a seven-year attendance record. And then we broke that record three more times throughout the playoffs. And I knew I was onto something. I was like, well... In essence, this hockey team is a small business. There's no reason that this can't help other small businesses. I have proof of concept. They don't want to pay me any more money than they did last season, so I'll just go and do this on my own. Yeah. So that's really where it started. And um, at first, the uh, it was a social media consulting business that I had, had started called Imagine Bound Media, which, uh, as you can tell by the name, was a total... Cluster F. I don't know if you're allowed to swear on your show. But, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can so, say fuck. You can say whatever okay. the fuck you want. It was a total cluster fuck. But, All right. So, uh, but uh, the video thing just kept with it. And more and more people were like, you used to do that stuff for the bighorns. And, well, yeah, I did. So, and then I got a camera and that opened everything else up. And before I knew it, I was shooting video for small businesses. And then the following year, the bighorns made me a very big offer to come and do video and social for them at once. And so I was like, well, why not? So that's that's really what kicked it all off. Okay. So what's the name of your company now? The name of it is called Social Flicks. All right. So why did you decide to go with that name? Well, as I said earlier, Imagine Bound Media is kind of a mouthful. Yeah. I, I had imagined it as being a, a portmanteau, smashed together word of inbound marketing and imagination. Kind okay. of like the whole cheese it thing. <laughs> gotcha. But 
I found that by the time I was explaining to people what Imagine Bound Media was, I had already lost him at the name because I had to explain the name. And then I'm shot for confidence in terms of talking about my business. Yeah. And I had a notification pop up from Netflix on my laptop one day. And, you know, I get these every day. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, this hit me at the very moment that I needed it to. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Netflix is video or Netflix is literally movies on the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm doing is I'm creating videos for social media. So that's how social flicks came okay. to be. Was, okay, that's the idea. Right on. When I saw the name, like the sticker in your window in your yeah. office, I was like, that's a cool name. Yeah, it, well, it was it was very fortunate um, circumstance how I came across it. Okay, and then, so you also, you got social flicks going on, you got this uh, studio going on. Yeah, so how side hustle. It, like, <laughs> What, what, you want to talk about that? Yeah, man. So uh, when you know, I told you I was working with the Bighorns um, in 2013, 2014. I also wanted to get into podcasts, and so I started the Snapchatters podcast, and it was basically a, a tutorial of how to use Snapchat. So the idea would be somebody could listen to my show and open their phone and, and learn how to use the platform. Okay. Uh, I started interviewing influencers and started really moving. Uh, moving some land with it, which was a surprise to me. I didn't think anybody was listening. Um, and eventually, uh, I landed a certain influencer that had a l- very large audience. Uh, before I knew it, I was getting offered sponsorship for my show. And next thing you know, I'm off to San Diego on a full you know, paid cool. trip to, to go to social media marketing world. I've got this brand that's paying me to make content and I'm recording podcasts that like, it was just an amazing experience. Cool. But I was, you know, and I think this is a good lesson for anybody listening is you don't need this fancy stuff to make a show, right? Like if you've got passion, I had $200 worth of gear. That's it. Yeah. And a nerd like capacity (laughs) to to, want to tell stories like this. So, um, but I was like, uh, one day I would just really love to have a studio where people could come and just make their shows if they want. Mm -hmm. Right. Like granted I could only afford at the time that $200 mic set and mixer and everything else. But man, I really would have loved to have, you know, some, some decent mics. I really would have liked a decent space. I would have, you know, I I had all these, what is what I'd like to haves. So uh, I came into an opportunity where we could make something like this happen. And uh, so now it's just a space where people uh, like us can come and create as they like. Yeah. And um, that's that's a really cool feeling. Like the studio is awesome. I like don't even want to sit in these chairs. Just, <laughs> I don't want to break anything. <laughs> no, but, man, break it. This is this is for you. This is for us. This is for people that want to do something fun. Yeah, I know. It, like, it was just cool. When I first came in here and uh, Ed was showing me around and I was just like, man, this is super nice. I, you know, one day I, this is what I want my setup to look like, mm-hmm. like for sure. Like I, you know, I, that one day that I was texting you, I had a lot of coffee and no <laughs> lunch. And I was like, that's a bad idea. Don't do it. I'm a sellout. Duh, duh. <laughs> oh, no. And then after I ate lunch and came to my senses, I'm like, wait no let's use the room like why not why not give it a shot yeah that's give it cool a shot. that's where you want to record that's where you're going to be more most comfortable so why not like and i get to see the difference in quality between um my previous recordings and this one and sure. you know i might be in here again that's awesome so that'd be cool so uh yeah no i appreciate you uh, letting us use this room 
Oh, this is pretty Dude, awesome. I'm just jacked that we're doing this, man. Yeah. This is like our, this moment is the realization of that dream several years ago. Like wow. having, you know, a professional podcaster in here shooting this show with me and I get to be on like, that's super big honor, man. Like I'm tripping out. Well, I don't think I'm a professional, but thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Cool. So, um, you know, you've been doing this for a couple of years or mm-hmm. more than a couple of years. You know, like, what's your, why do you do it? Oh, boy. Uh, that why took me a long time to figure out. Um, I think for the longest time, I was trying to be what my family wanted me to be. You know, Brad, you got to go to school. You got to go to, you know, to college. You got to get a great job. You know, live the American dream. That's, that's what it's all about. And when I was a kid, the only thing I wanted to do when I grew up was draw Spider-Man comics for Marvel. That's it. Like, that was my whole thing. I loved to draw. I was a super creative kid. Uh, I could sit in my room with a box of Legos for hours and just construct and deconstruct. I was just a creative person. And that never really left me. But somebody told me along the way, um, well, being an artist is a fun hobby, but you'll never make a living out of it. You need to learn trades. You need to, you know, go to school. Stuffing you in their category that they want you to be. Right. And it was really defeating. And I think I spent the next, well, I've been working every day since I was 15, right? So, I mean, I've worked in all kinds of different industries. I've been in retail. I've been in restaurants. I mean, just working my ass off with a good work ethic, thank God. But um, knowing the whole time that it just wasn't for me. Yeah. So my why for doing all of this was because it makes me happy. And I can use that, you know, eight-year-old, nine-year-old Brad Oldhouse that loved to create and pretended he was a Ninja Turtle all the damn time. Like, he can live and thrive and actually feed himself and put a roof over his head and now feed others. And, you know, it's, 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 it's really been an amazing shift and it was a hard shift to make. It wasn't, it was one thing to realize it, but it was another thing to act on it. And the acting on it was the hardest part for sure. But I'm glad I did. Hell yeah. Dreams do come true. You got to make them come true. Yes. You got to go after them. Yeah. 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 Anybody can do it. You're just some, you're not just, well, you are anybody. Yeah. Nothing exactly. special about you. For sure. Well, there is something special, but. <laughs> no, in terms of humanity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I think I just have that. I've got kind of that, that fuck you mentality to the establishment that was my life. For and I sure. think that was finally the pushing force behind me to actually act on what I wanted to create for my life. Yeah. I, I hear you. Everyone, like, since I was growing up, like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I was never happy. Like, I've worked Truth. from janitor jobs to office jobs to everything in between. And I'm like, I fucking hate this. And then when I had my detailing business, I was working 16-hour days cleaning cars, but I loved it because I was, one, I was working for myself. And, right. two, doing something that I was passionate about. Well, not passionate about, but I like a clean car and I knew how to do it and I was like I'm working for myself I'm traveling around the city the state that's awesome so um, you know unfortunately a mobile detailing business in Montana wasn't quite there yet maybe in Billings it would work um, and if you you know want to deal with shitty used car salesmen I just, on a right. moral level I couldn't do it anymore for sure so and then it kind of went under and you know I, I went through some personal struggles there I went back you know I slipped back into addiction I mm. 
uh, eventually, you know, this last summer, I was living on the streets in Las Vegas, uh, in and out of my car, like getting shot at, like everything that my family thought was going to happen when I move away pretty much happened. Oh my God. And like, I, I barely got out of Las Vegas alive. Like, and now I'm here and I'm like, you know what? I've been so afraid to do a podcast because I'm afraid of like what people will think do this. And I finally, you know, I had like a $50 Amazon gift card and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to buy some mics and I've upgraded my mics from then. But I was like, fuck it. Like, let's go on Amazon and see what I can get. Nice. And I just started recording my friends, people, whoever. And now I like, it's still like growing and, you know, forming the way that I, my dream, uh, my podcast is, but it's a learning curve. Absolutely. So what kind of, you know, personal struggles or struggles in your business that you want to share that you've gone through? Oh, geez. How much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> How much time do you got? <laughs> um, boy, personal struggle, man. Um, I thought my call to greatness that could still make the establishment happy was uh, being a professional hockey coach. Uh, so I've, I'm actually a level five USA hockey certified coach. I could be oh, on an cool. NHL bench just by qualifications, oh. not by playing. I Believe me, I did not have the talent to play <laughs> the game at the highest level. <laughs> tell people how to do but it. I, but I understand the game and the yeah. X's and O's and, sure. and you know the strategies of it. And that got me pretty far. I... Um, a lot of personal adversity came out of that. Um, the life of a hockey coach is not easy. Um, I had just gotten married and uh, took my first coaching job in Canada, and that turned out to be a hoax. So I had moved all the way to uh, Toronto, Ontario on a hoax. And uh, I'd spent my savings. I'd spent our savings. My wife and I spent our savings yeah for moving sure moving myself up there getting things ready to go uh traveling and recruiting kids by this time i had recruited about eight kids for my new hockey team in this new league in toronto and meanwhile i had mentors of my own in the game saying you should probably not do this and i just wasn't gonna listen right i yeah. was like nope this is my call to greatness i'm gonna do it yeah um Going to Canada, <clears throat> fuck you guys. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So there's a common theme here. Maybe Brad's got a little bit of a rebellion issue. But um, the so I'm I'm in Canada and my my wife flies up there with her mom, and we just have this big come to Jesus moment. Like this is not cool. While I'm in Canada, uh, I get the phone call from another team that I had applied for in Oregon, and I just realized I've not told this story publicly. Um, so I'm like, well, that's an opportunity. And, you know, so I contacted the families that I had recruited and kind of let them know what was going on and the whole situation. I told them, hey, I'm going to this team in um, in Oregon. These kids are more than welcome to come with me. We'll figure this out with the law and everything else as we go. So they were really gracious and they came with me, but my wife, my wife did not. And so I spent an entire hockey season building a, uh, a franchise that was brand new uh, without my wife there. And in that first year of marriage, that, that's a pretty tough ask. You know, um, my marriage did not survive that. Um, oh, wow. And it didn't, uh, it didn't stop there. I, <laughs> I kept pursuing the hockey dream, just had to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And eventually I landed in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, coaching... Uh, under 18 kids 
kids under the 18 age of 18 excuse me and it was a team funded by the arizona coyotes okay. in the national hockey league and we were uh practicing out of their practice facility and playing our games there so i was like y'all you know what that's my step if i'm gonna make the nhl coaching staff even as a video coach like the lowest level coach i could possibly be like at least i'd have an opportunity because there's an nhl club in-house mm -hmm. so i figured it as the last straw the last opportunity well the nhl lockout happens and my team is funded by the national hockey league oh okay so if there's no money coming in and everything is shut down oh there's no job there's no team, there's no travel, there's no nothing. So, and I had no recourse for this. So I'm stuck in in Phoenix with this realization that this hockey dream is officially fucking dead. Oh. It's cost me my marriage, it's cost me a large chunk of my life, and I'm meant for something greater, but clearly this isn't it. A month later, I end up in my dad's camper here in Helena, Montana. That's how I moved here. Okay. I was sleeping in my dad's camper trying to figure it out okay and when the opportunity with the helena bighorns came along i had the opportunity for the first time in my life to express my creativity okay so i think that's really where the first bug really hit me um so yeah man uh there's been a lot there's been a lot of personal struggle but now i use that to kind of move me forward. Yeah, for sure. Like we all have personal struggles and I feel like, especially in Helena, like nobody wants to open up and be real and be vulnerable, be authentic. No, like, because Helena, I feel like is such a PC town and like, especially with legislation and whatever, like nobody wants to open up and show, and show who they really are. Like, oh, you're depressed, let's take a pill. No, it's okay to be sad. Like I'm not saying don't take meds. Right. But also, like, it's okay to feel. It's okay to open up. Like, um, the it's funny, the man therapy. Uh, like, why do we have to call Like, literally, it has to be called man therapy. Like, that's cool that, like, if guys are going to man therapy, whatever, they're going, they're opening up. But, like, why do we got to put the stigma on, on this stuff? Like, why, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I've struggled with anxiety, depression. Like, I ended up in the ICU because I overdosed this July. Like... I got, fuck, I'm not perfect. Right. And like, you know, I, like, I just want to find people who got inspiring stories in business or in life. And how did you overcome that? Sure. Be real about it. You mm -hmm. know, like fucking, no. there's so many filters on Instagram and Snapchat. Yep. Why do we got to put a filter on our life? Yeah. Like, it's just like, be real, you know? 100%. Like, and like, I can't trust someone who isn't being real. Like, I know people who just, like, tell these bullshit stories, and I don't even like being around them. Right. Because like, you can smell it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. Be real. If you're mad, tell me. For sure. Don't fucking beat around the bush. Like, <laughs> if you don't want to, like, if you don't like me, that's cool. If you think my podcast sucks dick, tell me. Right. Fucking, it might suck dick to you, or tell me what I can improve on. Sure. Like, Fuck. <laughs> so, like, I appreciate you sharing those uh, struggles with me, man. Oh, wow, thanks and, for asking. You know, like, thanks for uh, creating a safe space for me to do so. <laughs> I think you created the space. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that said, I'm still appreciative that you were receptive yeah, to it. For sure, man. You know, uh, you know, not a lot of people want to open up to that stuff. And I think, like, you know, the mission that me. And my guests are on, like, just open up, be vulnerable, show who you are, you know? 
Like I was listening to uh, this podcast this morning, "The School of Greatness" by Lewis Howes. Yep, Lewis Howes, love him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, me, t- me too. I found him like a couple months ago, and I just absolutely fell in love with his deal. But uh, he had like a segment on this morning. I think it got released this morning that like leadership comes from love. Mm. Did you listen to that one? I haven't. Oh, it's I forget what it's called, but it like they have like a marine on there and like the army code or I can't remember exactly what they said, but mm-hmm. basically leadership comes from love, not from dictate. Right. Like they were had examples about like how like we're like one of the only places that you can go to the president's house. And like at a dictatorship you're not, you can't, they got barbed wire fence, you can't do that. And I thought about that, I was like, you know what? Like, that's right. Like, it, whatever your opinion is about the president, whatever, that's right. it, it. But just the fact that that's how we're set up. Mm-hmm. And so many people look up to that, and I just really admire that about him. Yeah. And and just what they said. Um, I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So... Uh, do you have any morning habits that you do or nightly habits that you do for success? <laughs> uh, not really. I think I, I'm, I'm, the, they change. How about that? Okay. I, I've had a really good run at going to the gym that lasts for about three, maybe four minutes. And that's it. Right. So like, okay. that's clearly not a, a routine that I can get into for whatever reason. I've had a gym membership now for a year and I've fucking gone once for like four minutes. So you're donating. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping the broad water <laughs> like open, right? Like we don't see this dude, but we still get his money. Um, Fair enough. The, uh, I think my routines really, I'm a morning person. So I'll set my alarm for anywhere between five and five thirty. Okay. And the first thing I do is I'll, First of all, go make some coffee, go out and have a cigarette, and that's a bad thing, but that's part of my routine. Hey, uh, <laughs> you asked. Yeah, and I used uh, to wake up and boil heroin. So, well, see, there you go. <laughs> it wasn't like success, but that used to be my morning habit. Right, right. So, but what that morning does is, uh, it it helps me go over my uh, to do list that I created the night before. Yeah. And kind of start grounding, you know, all right, well, what are my first steps? I'll go back upstairs. Coffee's ready. I take a shower, get dressed, head to the office. You know, I'll be here at the office for about, you know, two, three, four hours. And then I'll go out shooting a video or whatever I have in that particular day. Mm -hmm. So my routine, if I guess if I had to break it down, is I do make lists. And I do that because I'm ADD and I have a terrible memory thanks to all those concussions from hockey. So, um I found that making lists keeps everything in order. And, um, but I I don't have like a, uh, a specific routine that works for me every morning, unfortunately, okay. other, outside of <laughs> smoking with a mug of coffee. Well, everyone does it differently. Sure. You know? Do you have like anyone that you like look up to that may be famous or not famous? Like sure. any mentors that you want to talk about? In general, or that have routines? In general. Oh, like, sure. Who you go to? Like, what? for advice? That's or like, a great question. Who do you read, or who do you listen to, or watch? Um, I think what set me into this world that I don't get much of his content anymore because I'm too entrenched in my own work, but Gary Vaynerchuk is somebody that, like, um, definitely motivated me. And, and just looking at Gary doing his thing, I was like, okay, well then, if he can get away with doing that, I can certainly do my own thing. Yeah. But it wasn't until I read Lynchpin by uh, Seth Godin. 
I don't, I don't heard of um, that. Basically, the premise of Seth Godin's book, Lynchpin, is we live in a society where our schools and our jobs were all formed during the Industrial Revolution, not not even 100 years ago, right? Okay. Or barely over 100 years ago. So what it's designed to do is to teach kids how to be obedient so that one day they could go and work in the factories. Well, the linchpin is somebody that becomes so valuable to their company that the company can't survive without them. And sometimes that linchpin doesn't even work in that industry anymore. He goes out and does his own thing and creates his own deal, blah, blah, blah. So it was a super inspiring book. I ended up finding Gary Vaynerchuk out of a, a YouTube search for Seth Godin. Because uh, oh, really? I, I just I had to get more stuff yeah, from Seth totally. Godin. So and if any of your listeners are, are into business or anything else, if you've not listened to Seth Godin, he is a marketing genius and a very, very awesome dude at the same time. So Seth Godin is a super nice guy. But uh, so Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Boy, uh, I, I'm just I'm into listening to audiobooks yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, latest audiobook was uh, Unfuck Yourself. Unfuck Yourself. Yes, I, that was a great book. Who's the, uh, <laughs> who wrote Gary it? Gary Patterson. Okay. John Gary Patterson. He's Scottish and he narrates it, which makes it all the more fuck fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because when he says fuck, he's like, don't fucking be like that with yourself. <laughs> are you kidding me? Would you talk to your 12 year old self like that? Well, then uh, why the fuck are you talking to your 22 year old self like that? Or your 42? Fuck that. <laughs> like, uh, oh my God. It's amazing. I'm going to have to check this book yeah, out. Dude, I, I'll, send you, I'll send you a link because it is, oh, it was so great. So. Uh, but those are people that had a major influence. Uh, I do have a, a local business mentor named Joel Silverman that uh, has really kind of guided me through the X's and O's of business. Okay. Uh, you know, kind of how to st structure my company so that I can sell it off, which is the goal. And um, yeah, he's been absolutely incredible with helping me in those um, in those purposes. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I think having mentors or like, you know, podcasts or whatever, or it could be YouTube just because I'm doing a podcast. I'm not saying everyone should listen to a podcast. <laughs> but uh, For sure. Yeah, just like having those, you know, where I can seek advice. Absolutely. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Well, and there's almost always somebody that's gone ahead of you. Exactly. That can, you know, is more than happy to send the elevator back down, so to speak, to help others yeah. out. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's and that ultimately is what I would love to do one day further down the road, whatever that's 10, 15, 20 years, is maybe I can help people, um, you know, in the areas of life where I really needed help and didn't have it. Yeah, for you know sure. What I mean? So for sure. That's cool. I admire that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. So if I live that long. I got to quit smoking. Whatever. If you die, you die. At least you die happy. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> it's totally right. Uh, so what's your message to the world? Ah, I remember you asked me, and it, the answer hasn't changed since that day you asked me. I, if I could give anybody anything, would be the permission to do what you were meant to do, despite the establishments within your life, your parents or other family members, a professor or anything, who, wherever the pressure is coming from. If you're not being true to who you are inside, you're not going to be happy and you will rot from the inside out. At least if you're happy doing what you you love to do 
and maybe you make some money out of it, but who cares? It's not about making money. It's about making yourself happy so that you could look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of who's, who's looking back at you. Right. And whatever it takes to get to that point, please do it. Don't just, I, I don't know how to help people break free from the, from the establishment that's holding, holding their lives back. Other than to say, I've been through the pain points. I know it's scary. You're going to have to have a hard conversation with mom or dad or ex-wife or whoever it is that you are afraid of their opinion so much that it paralyzes you from moving forward. You've got to have that conversation with them and you've got to, and that will open everything up. Just do what it takes to bring your idea, your passion, whatever's calling you inside, do what it takes to get that out to the world because you have it for a reason. The world needs it and only you can give it. So that's what I would give it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I love it. Yes. I love it. You know, fucking just speaking your truth, fucking and, you know, encouraging people to go do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. So that's, I love it. Um, You know, since you have like the social media company and stuff, mm-hmm. do you have like three tips for somebody new that might be listening that you could pass on or like just some advice that like the five years younger version of you? <laughs> sure know something like that that's great yeah there's all kinds of stuff i'd say uh number one is persistence there's going to be people in the marketplace that they're just not going to buy your stuff right Mm -hmm. you know that you're your social media expert and you're an expert for a reason because you're, you're constantly a student of the game and you're constantly learning along with these platforms right so there'll be somebody out there that will pay you for that don't be afraid of the people that tell you no. Just keep moving forward. I think that held me back a lot in my first six months to a year was the no's were just crippling. Yeah. You know, I got tired of it. Um, and I would, so be a student of the game and take no for an answer. Um, I, I had another one in the front of my head, but my ADHD brain just eliminated it. No, I hear you. We should have closed those blinds because when somebody walks by, I'm like, ooh, squirrel. So. That's funny. Um, uh, you know, persistence pays, obviously. So uh, don't be afraid of no. Stay a student of the game. Um, and try something new, right? I think people around Helen are, are just now finally coming on board with Snapchat for business, right? We, we know that Snapchat has been a major player for business for a couple of years, at least in other larger markets. Just, but not, now it's starting to finally make its rounds here, you know? So, but don't be afraid to taste it before everybody else does. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Create the account, try it out. If you like it, great. If you don't, it's okay. You don't have to keep it. You're not going to be less of a social media nerd for not liking it. My, my bane of existence is LinkedIn. <laughs> like I viscerally hate LinkedIn. But there's been a lot of changes with LinkedIn lately. Yeah, the and algorithms, so, the platforms. Yeah. yeah. So now, obviously, video. Jeez, how long did it take them to like adopt video before, like know, after everybody while. else? So, yeah. but now with all of these changes, I'm kind of starting to taste it again a little bit, right? So, so don't be afraid to try new things. You know, I I like it. I tried LinkedIn, and I'm on LinkedIn, just you know to get because I wanted to contact like executives. Right. That I normally wouldn't, but the platform just so fucking boring. 
I like I tried I'm like I'm not here for the fun but I'm like this <laughs> right. is goddamn so boring fuck yeah like, so I'm not on LinkedIn as much as I was uh, a couple months ago but it just <sighs> and that's okay yeah and that's okay yeah and that's okay yeah you know absolutely right it, you tried it and you know you know what I mean and I think that's what separates the winners from the losers is the ones that go out and try it right if you're just gonna read a headline like Gary Vaynerchuk says and make your opinion based on what the article says and that's it, well, you're probably going to lose to the guy like you or I that is out there actually trying. Right? Yeah. You know, two days ago when I realized that I was just headline reading, when I found out that that guy did not buy Instagram, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? I always preach don't headline read. And then I fucking did it myself. <laughs> if I looked anywhere in the comments, if they said April Fool's spelled backwards and everyone else was saying, oh, that's a great April Fool's, I'm like, holy shit, he bought Instagram. Like, that's the great. I just like felt like such an idiot. Like, oh my gosh. Like, but, you know, it, <laughs> we're it, human. Yeah, it was a good reminder to fucking don't do that shit. Right. Yeah, just, I just, like, three days later, I realized that, like, oh, that was April Fool's. Sure. Fuck. I'm sure the emails that uh, I sent, they're getting a good laugh. But, <laughs> That's you know, awesome. So. Well done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I can do is laugh about it now. Like, yeah, I absolutely. Have, like, dwell on like, oh, my God, I feel like such an idiot for no. you. It's fun to laugh at, and that's yeah. it. There yeah. you go. They made it so convincing, though. <laughs> This so, will happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good April Fool's, that's for sure. Nice. Um, right on. Well, you know, do you have any uh, last words you want to share? Thanks for having me. Like, yeah. this is an honor. Thanks for letting me come on and, um, you know, share a little bit more of my story. And, and uh, yeah, awesome questions. And thanks, Facebook Live World. And I don't think Facebook Live. I think everyone bogged out but that's all right <laughs> uh oh i want you know if you want to if uh people wanted to use social flex or hire you like oh sure how do they contact you uh the best way is uh through instagram at social flicks that's one word two x's social flicks uh you can just slide into those dms and i'm happy to talk to you guys about what social flicks could do for your business cool right on yeah all right well thank you brad i thank appreciate you. it yeah this was Again, an honor. Thank you so oh, yeah. much. That was fun. Yeah. Um. If you're thinking about all the days you could have raised, picking up sticks that to burn the long way. If you don't always get too wet, the red there's another day. Guide yourself to this space of a man. I've never seen someone like you And I've never seen the sky so blue If you know what we're talking about Get up on the mountain and shout
just one blink, you better fit him with the stars Twice you always think it's shot in the dark And if your presence decides to stay We're both gonna party up all day Saturday Down the good old bar Yeah.